Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We are back for our first episode of 2022, coming hot off of a great year of anime last year, and even last season I think was pretty solid. And uh, we're going to so keep the seems, streak going. Well, so it seems the monkey's paw has curled here. Combo breaker. This is this is where you write your like old timey eighteen hundreds letter. That's like the year it was the year twenty twenty two winter season. The anime crops uh, it was were not good early on this year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm writing. Like I'm writing back to my like, wife yeah. from the anime wars. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing back I, I, to yes, my wife. To, to my dearest beloved, I regret to inform you. Despite my that, journey to the. Golden Plains of California. I have failed to find any gold significant amount. <laughs> the 2022 anime mines have turned up empty. See, this is unrealistic because you just said five lines without saying anything racist. So. <laughs> also, I have quite a screen here to say about the Jews and the blacks. And the oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Cheap let's, cartoons from the Orient. Let's cut that one off and uh, move things along. Um, nevertheless, it is our... I was inhabiting a bit. It's fine. Yes. Uh, never, nevertheless, let us uh, carry out our journalistic duty in talking about the winter 2022 anime season. Um, not a whole lot to uh, hang on to here. I don't know if any of these shows will still be watching by... Next yeah. episode. This podcast is going to look two. very interesting this season. Uh, let's put it yeah, like that. It out. There <laughs> is we'll... there, there's a high likelihood that yes, like I two three podcasts in from now, we may be entirely discussing exclusively backlog anime <laughs> <laughs> and ranking of kings. Yes, and ranking of kings. Um. So yeah, let's 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 get into it and. To do that, we'll introduce everybody first. I'm Jell. I'm joined by Iroh. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. Still with us. We've got G. What's good, everybody? And we are joined by Aqua. Reporting to you live from a quarantine because I've got the Rona. Oh no! The coronavirus is out there. Still, folks, get your boosters. Yes. Et by the time you hear this, he may or may not be fine. But regardless, <laughs> raise your raise your hands to the sky and send send Aqua <laughs> your power. Energy. Yes, Give yes. Your energy like the end of every of anime. <laughs> this is the part where where Gel has to like awkwardly like edit in a bit of him saying, "Unfortunately, Aqua Gaze has passed away." <laughs> Out of oh, respect no, no. for him and his family, we're going to not, continue no, playing let's the not episode. Go there. <laughs> I am not putting I am not putting in loving memory of Aqua Gaze at the end of this episode. That's, that's right. I don't deserve loving memory. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be You're gonna be good. But uh, <laughs> yes, we're 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 hoping nothing but the best on that front. Um, well, speaking of things that don't deserve love, uh, how about that anime this season? <laughs> 
Yeah, wow. Speaking That's... of wretched cursed materials from the Orient. That is a transition for sure. We are <laughs> we are already uh the train's well, so already the first off the tracks on this one. So, on our list yeah. that uh, is so, well me, deserving of our love and attention. Let, let me let me just note: normally, in a in an average season, we'll pick like the shows that we were interested in watching or whatever. There really the ones we at least have something to say about, right? Yeah, there really wasn't more than like one or two of those. So we're just gonna we're just gonna machine gun pretty much everything, at least everything that I watched. Uh, through here be it good or bad um and uh you know a lot of these you can just you know take as a a warning <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> all right let's uh let's dive into it and we'll start with oh god um we'll start with world's end harem it's the first okay. thing i watched this oh. season sounds, sounds promising, promising. <laughs> the title the title says it all uh this is about a guy that wakes up and discovers he is one of only five men left on Earth after a virus has killed all of them. Oh, man. uh, Rona got crazy. And uh, it's a disease that only targeted men. And uh, now This is what what the future liberals want. Ah, Brian K. Vaughn's Why the Last Yes! (laughs) Now he is being uh, tasked with repopulating the Earth. But uh, he uh, has... Sworn he will have sex with no one but the girl he loves, who has mysteriously disappeared. And I see. <sighs> he is also a super genius, so he must uh, find the cure for the disease and the woman he loves before he is okay, seduced so by he... these sex-crazed women are surrounding him. Like... Because apparently, uh, with all the men dead, now all the women are like sex maniacs that like uh, go crazy gone, anytime they've they see gone a man. as they say in the biz, cock crazy. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so. What I, what I found particularly funny about this is um, it is supposed to be porn, basically, but they take this, like, 110% serious. Right. So 99.5% of the episode is them trying to, like, set up the plot and, like, explain and, like, cover every possible angle of how he can <sighs> get out of this. And like right. how so like, he really he has no choice but to have. But sex you with must these women. you must have like so, penetrative it, sex with it, these it, women. It, like. In all seriousness, right? Like as much as I like glibly compared this to you know the the famous graphic novel Why the Last Man. In Why the Last Man, the explanation you had was their scenario was in some ways even more dire than this protagonist because they were not down to five men; they were down to one man and one monkey. And the man was a moron. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it was admittedly a pretty touch-and-go situation there, but you just said, you literally said in the synopsis that he is one of five men left. Yes. So, what are the other four men doing? Well, they they, ha- they don't get into that in the first episode. I'm presuming they are in the same predicament he is. But, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure they are there to have hot sex, so that main character doesn't have hot sex. So, yeah. like, my immediate question here is... Does artificial insemination not work for some reason? Yes, they specifically <laughs> came up okay. with some anime science Wait, reason. Really? They actually no. asked that question. There was now actually you have, a... to, you have to tell me what it is. I need to know what this explanation is. <laughs> they didn't really say. They just said it just doesn't work. They didn't oh really God, like come that's... up with a good reason. They're like, is it yeah, like, like... That, like all all male DNA that does not exist within mm. one of the surviving men instantly dies or some yeah, shit? Yeah, they, they said it was. Yeah, they said it was something like they tried and then it, the, it didn't work or something. Yeah. Oh, a wizard did it. I was going right. to say that, like, I mean, you know, not to get crass here, but artificial insemination is not a particularly like 
high tech science. Like, <laughs> look, man, you could literally grab the, a turkey baster and like, <laughs> like this is not like. This is not like like like, like uh, the, co- the concept of artificial insemination is not like that like fucking new or yeah. modern like this, science, this technology science class. Yeah. Like, this, this episode is never going to air. Um, the <laughs> the uh, so the the point of the show is still to put naked anime girls on the screen. But I, mean, I find yes, it of course hilarious that they they spend ninety nine point five percent of the episode trying to justify the reason for having naked anime girls and only like point five percent. Of having actual naked anime girls on the screen, That's right. uh, so I, which I are will, all, by the way, <laughs> hilariously censored, uh, at least on Crunchyroll. Uh, right, this have, is like, the one with the with the glitch boobs, right? Yes, they have yes. glitch boobs. Uh, um, I do have to know the one one something I did hear about this series in the past, which I think is really stupid slash funny, is that uh, my understanding is one of the other five five uh living males is 18 and so what? to uh as to not overwhelm his mind what they did is they constructed an elaborate ruse where he is the only male student at a high school of only women and they're uh, you all know, constantly I, trying to come on to him i i would not surprise me i i, I at this point it, I'm only I'm only covering what was in the first episode of the anime, so is this so. so this is the show that got delayed because of the uh, of COVID right like literally yes. the show was supposed to air last year right uh, last I believe season, so I yeah think, or, yes. yeah was it worth but, the wait no so <laughs> we can we can move on well, all right clearly you haven't seen the uncensored version man uh, let's talk about <laughs> well. Let's talk about Girls Frontline. Speaking of anime. an anime that maybe waited too long. Oof. Yeah. Uh, based on the uh, popular hey. gacha game that was popular like three years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, based oh. on the once popular gacha game Girls uh, Frontline. Th- th- this is uh, this is a bit different because uh, unlike most gacha adaptations, this is one that G and I have actually played extensively back when it was a thing. Yes. So we, we did actually have prior knowledge of uh, what was going on coming into this. Um, I sure didn't. And uh, it was... Well, first of all, you don't really... At least I would not play Girls Frontline for the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Girls Frontline was fun because of the cool... Well, mostly cool. Well, some cool character designs. Sometimes cool. (laughs) And... um, I, don't know, I heard that somewhat, Valhalla collab was pretty good. It was, I mean, it was pretty fun to play too. But um, yeah, the story, I it was always funny to me because again, the story was like extremely like serious. Even though this is a game about, I guess we didn't really say the premise, but it's a game about like robot girls who are named after guns. They're gun girls. It's a gun girls anime. Yes, gun girls. Um. And, uh, you know, you don't really need a plot to prop up a game like that, but they took the plot very seriously, and it appears that the anime is attempting to adapt that plot. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think the only way this would have worked is if this was, like, a real knockout on animation and directing. This thing needed, like, like, like ten times more budget, like, or, or whatever. Like, whatever, like, if this like looked... Net- 
good, I would probably Vivi watch it. Style. Yeah, yeah like, 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 like whatever, whatever Nebulous resources requires to make an anime look good, Girls Frontline needed way more of it. Because the issue that Girls Frontline falls into is that unlike some of the gotcha anime adaptations we've watched in the past, like, you know, your your Bahamuts or your Tact Opus Destinies, right? Is like, mm-hmm. well, the problem that Girls Frontline runs into is two prongs, right? The first is what we've talked about. It's the production. It's just not a very good-looking anime. Like, we have joked about all these gotcha anime, you know, getting that gotcha money, right? Like, these are yeah. lucrative properties, right? Like, you know, I don't care for it, but I've watched clips from the Fate Grand Order movies, and it's mm-hmm. like, wow, I don't they know who these characters are, but this looks, like, immaculate, right? Yeah. right? So th- th- that is at least on one level how one can enjoy one of these types of anime is, oh, it's my waifu doing something really cool on screen. But the problem is that Girls Frontline doesn't can't even hit that. Like, it's a... Like, like, it's a weird thing of, like, girl, the Girls Frontline anime is too late to capitalize on the game's relevance. And also, it's, like, weirdly low budget in a way that makes you wonder why did they even bother with it in the first place. Yeah, so it gives Girls me, like, Frontline, the impression... Uh, yeah. It gives me the impression, like, maybe this was a commitment that was made, like, two years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> it did get announced quite a long time ago, I think. It did. Isn't, it was... isn't, uh, is Girls Frontline is a Chinese production, right? The well, game is the game. Is. Yes. I, I believe Chinese the studio yeah. is. St- they contracted out to a Japanese studio right, for the anime, yeah. Um, yeah. which is going to lead but, into how I'm going to secretly turn this girl's frontline uh, uh, discussion into an impromptu Ark Knights discussion. But we'll we'll get to that yeah, later. The, the, the last um, kind of kind of the only other thing I, I would mention, like it it is it was kind of neat seeing some of the things from the game on the screen like i did appreciate one small detail where the the trash 2 and 3 star girls show up and they they all have the in the game itself to like compensate especially in the early game for the 2 and 3 stars being trash you get like multiple copies of them and they all like you actually have like 3 of them on the screen fighting at once right and they they recreated that in here um i mean so like actually yeah go ahead go ahead g Oh, I was just going to say, actually, that, I mean, that gets into the other prong of my issue with the girls' frontline anime, is that it's just following the plot of the game, right? Compare this to, again, it's unfair because that the bar is so much higher, but again, compare this yeah. to, you know, a, a Rage of Bahamut or, or Attacked Opus Destiny, which had original plot lines, and right. as a result, gave them a lot more freedom to explore that universe in ways that better suited the medium of, like, a serial televised anime series. Meanwhile, Girls Frontline the anime is falling to the trap that some other gacha anime do, of just kind of slavishly following the plot of the game. But I think and, that's the problem, right? Because you just said the appeal of these shows is like, you know, see your waifu do cool stuff. So the main goal towards writing the show will be get all the waifus to do cool stuff. Like, right. You kind of have to either take the the original route, like we're saying, or you just got to right. embrace that this is a gotcha game and uh, right. and we'll just like I, let's. I didn't particularly care for the Fate Grand Order animes because I don't particularly care for Fate Grand Order, but like their yeah. solution to this was just not even bother with setting up 
the story and just jumped, <laughs> we're just going like, to assume you played the game, right? Right. right. They just and, jumped and, to like the most popular arc with the, that everybody wanted to see, right? Like, and in right. some regards, like that FGO anime was basically Carnival Phantasm, but like not funny, but as in like it was like a bunch of vignettes of like, hey, here are your favorite characters doing yeah. those things you like. And in some regards, that might be the preferable like approach if. You're a front. If your case is like Girls Frontline, where the early parts of your story just aren't very good, like <laughs> you know, like Jell already alluded to the fact that nobody really plays Girl Girls Frontline for the story. But as someone who played like more Girls Frontline than Jell did, I can say that there are like vignettes and like side stories in that game that I thought were like kind of decent, right? Like you know, the, yeah, the the aforementioned uh, Valhalla crossover. And, like, there's some other, like, side story events with, like, characters that aren't connected to the main plot where I was like, oh, that's actually, like, a pretty solid, like, you know, like, near sci-fi dystopian, mm-hmm. like, kind of story, right? But, like, yeah, those are never going to be th- the things that get adapted if you follow the format of, well, we just need to adapt the let's main start, story. Let's, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll give you another example just to wrap this up, but the... Uh... It's like the Grand Blue Fantasy anime, which is a game I very much love, but the the main story sucks. It's like the side stories that are like kind of right. fun and whatnot. But the difference with that is at least season one it looks fantastic. great. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it, and it. But when season two happened and they handed off to Mappa and it looked terrible, I like I did. I don't even, I don't even know if I finished season two. Like I like that. That spectacle of seeing, you know, the characters you like doing cool things in like really well animated sequences was enough, and we don't even get that here. So exactly. So, you know, it's like that thing of like, I think the only version of the girls' frontline anime I would have stuck with is like either the version that was so like technically accomplished that you could not help but like watch it because hey, you know, it's just that visually impressive. Or if they had tried to, like, you know, either come up with a new plot for the anime or explored some of the more interesting side stories. And the fact that it does neither means there's, like, I don't even know if this is, like, worth it for the fans. Like, (laughs) if you're the person who is still playing Girls Frontline to this day, (laughs) I still don't know if you're going to get anything, like, of remote worth out of this anime. M4 is a terrible main character. Um, that too. I mean, I, well, now hope for adapting the Valhalla crossover. Not, not <laughs> even, not even M16 Nason could save this. Um, no, I mean, the idea is that the the best way of doing this is doing an anthology series with like a vignette every episode, right? You adapt some side story of a fan favorite character. You, you try could, and come up with like a fun fun idea to bounce characters and, off of each other. But the problem is have... that requires an effort and like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- this does have enough like squads and stuff you could hop around to like the different. I I'll put it this way: I would not, yeah. I would not be surprised if there is at least one or two episodes, like eight episodes into this anime, that do that, like mm-hmm. as like your like one episode breather. We're gonna like right. focus on a different squad, and like. Let's go to the one that had. Uh, I forget the squad that had the the sleepy girl on it. I don't know. I haven't uh, played that game in years. It does remind yeah. me. I was joking with G when we were watching that. Like, the tr- uh, what a gotcha anime should do is be all about the one star characters that nobody likes fighting. And like, <laughs> and like their commander is a two star character, and they're like the yeah. badass commander, right? 
You yeah, mean you I want like... every gacha anime to be like that one episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars with like, <laughs> yeah. right? And Hell then yeah. like, and then like, oh no, we're being overrun. Even the two star can handle it. And then somebody shows up and wipes out all the monsters with zero effort, and it's a three star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like See, yeah. we've never even heard of five stars. We, I oh, saw a four star once at a military man. parade. See, See, you joke, Eero, but like there are legitimately story <laughs> events in Ark Knights that are almost basically that. <laughs> Of like we're gonna follow like these two and three stars around for the first half of the story, and then the six star that is on the current banner will show up halfway in. To, Don't like, you want to pull for this? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> be the coolest badass. Yep. Uh, well, I don't want to turn this into the Gotcha Game podcast here because uh-huh. we could get into that. But uh, I don't know. Gee, is is even is it even too late for an Ark Knights anime at this point? So. I should probably save this for whenever we need to do our season preview for when the Ark Knights anime actually airs. <laughs> the thing I will say about Ark Knights that I think maybe gives it a chance that the girls' frontline anime didn't have is that um, the people behind Ark Knights, uh, Yo Star, have done something a little bit different. Of instead of like subcontracting out their anime work, they have been gradually building their own internal studio called Yo Star Pictures. And right. that internal studio is the one that has been responsible for all of the animated PVs for Ark Knights. The, like, right. you know, the Which very good 30-second yeah. Sakuga, you know, reels, basically. Yeah. And I think my understanding is that they have slowly been building up the staff for the studio in preparation for a full-length TV series. And so, you know, judging these 30-second clips isn't very helpful because almost, you know... Not that it's easy, but almost any studio on the planet can make at least 30 seconds look good. Right. But the fact that they are keeping their production internal means that, like, you know, hopefully that means there's, like, more... Uh, Some kind of consistency or something. Yeah, there. closer oversight, you know, of the whole yeah. project, right? That it's not just going to be contracted out to somebody, you know, that this is going to be something that they are personally keeping tabs on. Uh, so... You know, maybe that's enough to make it work. Um, you know, it's it's honestly still hard to say. Like, I... You know, my understanding is that Ark Knight still consistently rates on the charts for gacha games. Like, it's not, sure. like, really a... You know, it's not up there with your Grand Blues and your Fate Goes and your Uma Musumes and such, but, right. like... Gets a lot of is, fan art. <laughs> it is a contender in that space, if nothing else. And so, yeah. you know, to still be, like... To still stay on that list two years in tells me that... Yeah, it, it's definitely still one of the big ones, but yeah. Um, all right. But well, hard to say. Right. Honestly, it's hard to predict these things. So. We'll, we'll see how that goes uh, when that time comes. But as for Girls Frontline, nah. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's go on to Slow Loop. This is uh, Girls Fishing. Slow loop, more oh, like God. slow boop. Right, we did watch this. Yes, I, I mean I wouldn't blame you. This is another one, one another eye in, the... one eye out anime. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> another in the venerable line of girls fishing um, anime. Yeah. I don't think we've had too many girls fishing ones. But just like girls doing something Stuff that the author is obsessed the, with. Yeah. yeah. This show so desperately wants to be Eurocamp. Um, <laughs> like it has the same 
dynamic. It tries to invoke the same vibe of like finding the beauty in like shitty suburban small town Japan <laughs> in the winter, which is something most of these like slice of life type shows generally don't do. Like they're all set in perpetual spring or summer. Isn't this in the same magazine as Eurocamp? Of course it is. They're all in the same magazine. Like... Also, uh, <laughs> shout out to Super Cub, whose number one enemy was Winter, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, it is very much in that vein. There is one interesting, interesting, quote unquote, interesting thing about Slow Loop that I didn't really uh, go into in my review. Um, but it, like, they, at least they sort of try to do some character stuff because, you know, it's a very basic thing. You know, you have to. You have the sheltered, withdrawn girl who really likes fishing, and then one day she comes across the idiot, and she also wants to learn how to go fishing. So the quiet girl explains to the idiot how to fish. But the interesting thing is that the quiet girl's father has recently passed away, and like he was the one who taught her all about fishing. And this is something that they don't just offhandedly mention, like it's something that recurs over and over again like she is still grieving her father like her family is changing of course it turns out that her mom gets remarried with the idiot's father so they become stepsisters oh, um okay. but like the i right, at least but... appreciate that they try to bring and some humanity up. into this like right. weird like la la land like one good part of that episode was when they were like is it okay that i'm moving into your father's old room <laughs> like, yeah yeah like, is... i mean i tend to like those shows when i'm in yeah. the mood for them but but this is just not a good one of those it's like it doesn't good, I mean, it doesn't look pretty that's the question. and like that's the main appeal of many of these shows is that they look pretty and relaxing and this just looks sort of dull and drab um yeah. the characters are not very interesting the jokes are not funny um there's like one the one joke they have is like haha it's the middle of winter and the idiot takes off her clothes and it's in her swimsuit and she's going swimming but oh no it's cold it's cold <laughs> like cold. that's their idea of a joke like yeah and everything else is just the drabest dullest you gotta bring more than that these days right. uh, yeah. maybe, maybe the reason maybe the reason i thought there were more of these is because wasn't the um wasn't there one of these that was like actually like pretty popular a couple like seasons back? Oh, there was back? there the, was one with fishing, the, the Dogakobo one. Yes, oh, but that was but that one was river fishing, and this is sea fishing. Ah, of course, <laughs> completely <laughs> different. But yeah, it's just I, I definitely remember our, our like, days at the our days at the backwater, our days at the uh, something like that, something yeah. diary, diary of our days at the breakwater. Yes, there we yes. go. Uh, yeah, I just remember I never watched it myself, but I just remember like people who like actually stuck with it being like oh it's actually like pretty good it's it's dogakobo didn't fuck this one up right <laughs> i mean my recommendation is thing. but my recommendation is if you want to watch a show about fishing watch tsuritama which is also about fishing but it has a guy who is like a fakir wearing a turban and he has a magic yeah. goose or something yeah, that's a I... very different uh, kind of yeah. show <laughs> um i'm just gonna say watch super cub but yeah, watch watch Eurocamp or Supercup or even Eurocamp. Uh, I, like I, 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 I don't really care for Eurocamp that much, but I at least understand like the appeal of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, let let's let's keep things yeah. moving here. Uh, let's talk about uh, my dress up darling, which actually I heard 
a lot of people. This one's received some positive buzz. This one getting, was supposed to be some positive like buzz. Yeah. one of the high-profile ones, right? I yes. I would not say it was awful, Isn't but the manga I did not for this care for it. Pretty... Popular. Yeah, this is the manga for this is pretty big. Yeah, um, so the, I actually the, oh, if I can, uh, I actually read the manga in, uh, to see if I wanted to watch this first episode. And uh, first of all, a couple of things. This is a show about a plain guy who discovers that a like trendy, flashy girl he barely oh knows secretly has a secret that she is into like super weird porn games. And she, oh he has to now help her embrace her love for anime, and wow. this is this is Oriemo. Okay. This is this okay. Is so it's a little no, it's a little more specific than that because with this is with, with the main guy. <laughs> so his deal is like his grandfather makes these like traditional Japanese yes, dolls, yeah. uh, and sure. so he got into like wanting to learn to make dolls and learn how to sew and stuff like that, and he gets. He gets ah, like such unmanly hobbies. Yes, ah, he gets bullied yes, as a kid for going. being, you know, doing such unmanly activities, and he tries to keep to himself. And yes, then he does eventually encounter the hottest girl in school, who secretly is into the, you know, weird porn games and anime. And she wants to do cosplay, and she's so impressed with his sewing skills. Ah, and so okay. they team up to, that's, I guess, that's the, sew that's things. The but the thing is, like, I read a couple of chapters of this manga, and it's it's really charming. Like the thing is. The, they portray the girl really well, as in, like, she is this magnetic, charismatic, optimistic person who, like, doesn't judge him for his interests, who is, like, super excited about what she loves, who, like, fully embraces her desire to cosplay, and it's, like, it's super okay. positive and nice, and then also they just sexualize the hell out of her. Yes. Like, the so, only way they can show that this girl is comfortable with her own body is by doing a bunch of ass shots and leg shots and panty shots and whatever the fuck. And... Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are talking about the anime and not the manga as well here, so... Yes, that's, yes. I feel even more pronounced in animated form. Because um, I, ha I have to admit, and uh, this might sound bad, but I just assumed this was like a shoujo manga at first. Because... <laughs> the premise and like the character designs even kind of look like it kind of has that look and um yeah and then they start you know shoving the camera down her shirt and stuff like that i'm like oh okay that's that's what we're that's what we're doing here and it kind of under it very much undermines like what could be exactly like right? aqua like... said like a nice positive message show which i don't even think they really lean at least in the the first episode that i saw I don't even really think they care so much about that as it's just the set dressing to set up this very, like, mediocre romantic comedy. Um, so, I mean, that's the impression I got from the first episode anyway. Um, I was just not really all that impressed. All right, like, but what if, what if this main character, like, instead of, like, becoming withdrawn as a result of his hobbies... Uh, instead overcompensated and lashed out by uh, getting buff and dyeing uh -huh. his hair and becoming a rowdy street delinquent. Uh -huh. <laughs> what if beating up biker gangs and such, you're saying? Exactly, yes, yes. And what if the girl was a teen idol who would return to her small town <laughs> after her All impromptu right. retirement? <laughs> And together the... they solved crimes in the television. We can't no. we can't be making extensive Persona 4 references. And ten years later he ended up shilling NFTs. Yes, especially... uh... <laughs> yeah. Um 
Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, this was not the worst thing I watched, but I feel like it was not living up to whatever it was trying to accomplish and kind yeah. of shooting itself in the foot with the... It was definitely um, the kind of show that got some buzz and then that you got interested and then there's something, oh, this only got some buzz because it's like some shit normies who have never watched another romantic comedy anime before like. like. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Is the, I was is, there for Oreibo. I, I have watched. I have suffered. Is this is this a case of I've seen begging... things you people would never believe. Is this another case of begging the anime viewing like base yeah. as a whole like i'm begging you, you please to have watched another uh, <laughs> romantic comedy anime in your life like at least one other yeah, yeah. But... all right let's move along to uh miss koritsu from the monster development department mm-hmm. uh this almost seemed like the kind of show i would like it is a um it's set in a world where uh, tokusatsu is real. And, ah, uh, so the real sure. world. And um, yes, of course. there is a actual company that develops the monsters to try and to uh-huh. try and stop the heroes. <laughs> it's like in the Kirby and, anime where they keep calling in that company to buy the monsters. Like, <laughs> kind, kind of, Ship them yeah. over. And, Give me uh, a monster uh, to smash that damn yeah, Kirby. We gotta clobber that damn Kirby. <laughs> yeah, clobber that Kirby. Yes, that's and, what uh, so, Miss Kuritsu is a uh, overworked, underpaid researcher at the monster development uh, uh-huh. department, <laughs> and she has to try and pitch, uh, compensate for her terrible boss, and pitch monsters to the committees. And it, it's kind of supposed to be, I guess, an office comedy thing, but right. I feel like whoever made this really just wanted to animate fake Toku stuff. Sure, mm. they should have just made this a Toku. Like, and right, everything like, everything becomes three hundred percent funnier when you do it as Toku. Actual live action. Like. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because like, I, and I don't know. I feel like they were making a lot of references that went over my head on this. If we're being honest, probably. Yeah. Uh, at the end credits, like they did show like people in live action suits that were the ones that were in the episode, and I don't know if they were real or if they made them up just for this. I don't know. Um, somebody can go look into that, I guess, but. Tell us if you know what any of that means. But uh, it was just not... It, it was just... It, it didn't feel like I had a very strong sense of what it wanted to do. And the the humor wasn't really all that funny. Like, they they tried to sneak in some office jokes. Like, uh, you know, even though that they're the evil organization, that they have a pretty good HR department that, you know, makes her take her PTO and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like... And it was like, yeah, there, there's. They, I feel like there was something there they could have worked with. I mean, but I think, I think the problem with together. this type of anime, right, is like, it's a good premise for a bit. Yeah. But right. you for need bit, more yeah. than just that bit to sustain right. a, an entire show. I mean, right? the thing like, is also that office comedies have become so popular lately, and we generally like them because we're millennials and we hate our jobs. But <laughs> the thing is, like. When there have been so many of them, the point right. is, like, you have to be really good to stand out. Yeah, you, know? you need it, like, exactly. Like, you can't, yeah. like, you can't just do the same old jokes because, like, you know, again, it's like, you know, you have such a good premise here, like, if you're just gonna have a premise like this, but you're still doing the same old anime office comedy jokes, like, you're not, you're, then you're not even leveraging your premise that well to begin with. Yeah. Right. So... 
I mean, we how how I mean more often than not we see with anime comedies where they'll come up with a great idea, and this being funny is hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's you need more than a good idea. You need to know how to write jokes and like, like how to. I, I I would go as far to say that like I think you know even though most people will probably say oh i'm not very funny or oh i don't have a great sense of humor i would actually say in my experience most people are actually pretty good at coming up with bits yeah. like the problem right. is that when why people think they're not funny is because oh most people don't know how to keep that bit going for more than like five minutes right, right. Mm-hmm. and so that kind of feels like the trap that this show is falling into go, go write a like, 12 episode series of exactly right. two episodes two minutes each about it yeah <laughs> right like, like think about the way humor is paced like in 22 minutes how many jokes do you actually have to write in 22 minutes like it's a like, lot a yeah. lot actually <laughs> it's a lot so well how does this show compare to uh that um Remember that show from a couple of years? Not not a couple of years. A few, God, time, whatever. Seasons. Um, the one about uh, the people who work for God to make oh, animals, right. yeah, or whatever. So it, it did have a bit of that here. Um, this is that w- that ended up being kind of edutainment. Yes, I remember. Where that. this there is no educational value to this. Well, you will sure, be dumber yes. after watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Put that on the back of the box. Yeah, you will actually be actively dumber after watching this. So. Uh, but it, it is kind of—I did kind of think of that. It's kind of a similar energy to it, but no. Mm. All right. Uh, let's move along to uh, one of uh, many ridiculously well animated things that don't deserve uh. on this list. Let's talk about Akevi's sailor uniform. Also, um, Cloverworks. I get the oh, feeling Cloverworks just went up to Kyoto Animation and held them up at gunpoint and told them, like, you're going to animate this show for us and we're going to take all the credit. <laughs> Are they trying to copy that style? It, yes, yes, very much absolutely. so. <laughs> I just, so, yeah. I, I read the premise and it. I don't know if this actually plays out, but in the description they're talking about the main girl wanting to have 100 friends. And I'm like, didn't we literally just do that? Oh with my god. The show is. The most, one of the most actively stupid things I have ever watched. So the entire premise is, there's this girl who is about to go, uh, is about to enter middle school, and she was the only girl at her elementary school. By the way, in the second episode, they showed that she was not just the only girl; she was the only student at her oh, so elementary like, school. I don't yes. think you have a school then at that point. <laughs> that's actually kind of a good bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but it, this is not a joke. Like this is. Oh. Just, played as honestly as possible so she's super excited about going to middle school and she wants to wear a sailor uniform because her favorite idol also wears a sailor uniform in some commercial Uh, that she likes because that's totally a thing normal people thing uh so she gets her mom to sew her a sailor uniform and then she wears it by trade yeah and then she wears it to school and the principal is like sorry but we already have a uniform (laughs) Right. And it's not that, and yes. but then she still gets her, like she gets permission to wear the custom sailor uniform, and then she gets embarrassed because like oh I don't want to be an exception to the rule why can't anyone everyone just wear a sailor uniform? And someone has written an entire series about this. Yes, Damn. and that's the show. <laughs> that's, that's the show. The show. That's and the, the second episode is just like oh wow Akabi you like you sure like sailor uniforms yes. I, so I like them more to... than blazers. Oh, but so blazers are pretty good too. That's the show. Uh, so, okay. So at the end of the day, though, is this just pedophile bait? Is that kind yes? Of, huh? 
Yeah, so I mean that's what okay. I'm trying to say here is like let's just move past the premise, right? Let's just get into the actual meat of like why people are talking about this anime, right? Yeah. And it's like this is just schoolgirl okay. fetish. Okay, two uh, things. Like, two things. Yeah. yeah, Ero, go ahead. It's just like there's a lot of extremely well animated, high budget shots of just right. you know like her dressing up and putting on her sailor uniform and putting on her socks and yeah like you know whittling her around, little toes around while she's uh-huh, lying on the bed her underwear waiting yeah. for her mom to make her her sailor uniform Your and it's just like school uniform the sailor uniform the most kind of like the creepy leery voyeuristic sort of fetishization of like oh youthful innocence uh-huh, that bu- and the that thing is like flower yeah and the thing is this is aggravated by the fact that this show is seems to be set in like rural England. Wait, what? Like it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just some fantastically okay. beautiful version. Yeah, of and they all live in like weird, like thatched houses. Okay, and, that and, that like... puts a very different spin on it. Oh, this yeah. puts this this puts this into like fantasy land. Okay, yeah, I was like, like wait, it's but it's like... obviously meant just to just supposed to be rural Japan, like. But the thing is, like. I watched the second episode just now, and this show is clearly written by someone who either has no idea or doesn't care how the real world works. Because (laughs) this doesn't look like the real world. The people in this show do not act like the real world. Like, Ikebi, she's supposed to be this, like, oh, this innocent, blithe spirit, the the manic pixie dream girl who's going to rock the school. I mean, that's just just, anime. She just (laughs) comes across as the most, like obnoxious self-centered person who is just obsessed with with sailor uniforms and things the world resolves around her what i'm basically saying is this is the emily in paris of anime <laughs> except it's also creepy as fuck like in the second episode there's this whole bit where she where she does a very slow cartwheel in front of the class oh i did see uh, a clip of this and the camera's like, oh, oh, her skirt is lowering. Are you gonna see her panties? And then they cut away. And Which the entire worse than actually showing her panties. Yes. yes, and the entire rest of the episode is them just in the most boring, weird set up like the weirdest fetish stuff you can think of. Like there is an entire conversation where they're talking about their like their favorite school uniforms and then one girl is like oh but i like the blazer we should can i try on your sailor uniform and then you can try on my blazer and then the other girl is like no akibi she's a trickster she's trying to have you take off your uniform in front of the entire class and then Akebi's like, oh that would, no! That would, that would emotionally destroy you as you have abandoned your closest ideals. Yeah, and it is just... Oh, oh right, we haven't so even talked, we haven't even talked about the nail clippings yet. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Her first friend, when she, she, she goes to school really early in the morning because she doesn't want to be caught outside of school being the only student wearing a sailor, a sailor uniform. <laughs> and so she goes to school in her sailor uniform and slowly enters the classroom but there's already another student there who's cl- very sensually clipping her toenails on the desk <clears throat> in All full right. view of the camera and then she assuming nobody's watching her leans up and sniffs her nail clipper very slowly and sensually yeah 
That's that's going some places. All right, so here's here's the real question then. All right, here's the real question. Between this and uh, the other one, my dress up darling. How are y'all feeling about Cloverworks being the one handling the Spy X family anime? That's, a, that's at look, least a collab. At least it's gonna like, look nice. <laughs> uh, you know. I, Are I you think ready have... for the sensual scenes of Anya? Oh, no. uh, of Anya making her... dumb faces, yes. <laughs> yes, I... while sniffing her toenails. <laughs> I feel like they have a broad enough portfolio <laughs> yes. where we may not need to judge it by these two examples. But <laughs> Fair uh, I do have to, okay, if I can say one thing. I, there is one thing I like about this show, aside from the fact that it looks nice. Uh, and that is that Akibi has a really nice dynamic with her little sister, who's like, a, um, like an elementary school gremlin. And they just mm-hmm. they just hang out and they play together and she's and they generally just have a very fun like realistic dynamic that is a bit different from the usual like oh my my baby sister is so annoying dynamic so I really like that it's unfortunate that most of their conversations happen while they're both in the bath but you know baby steps <sighs> that's 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 really stretching it. We're really, Dabbing we're really with faint now. praise. We're yeah. really grabbing now. Uh, all right. Well, let's keep moving. Let's talk about Requiem of the Rose King. I don't know why I watched this, we're being honest. Uh, don't you like Shakespeare? Yeah, so any show that starts off very prominently saying this is uh, not based on Shakespeare, but inspired by Shakespeare. Uh, of course. Uh, ah, so and, it's a story. <laughs> and not even, like, the Shakespeare that most people know, but it's, like, specifically, like, some of the, like, King Henry plays or something like that. Yeah, this is, like, Richard III, right? Uh, it's a, or, like, it's a the, mix the, of... the, the Rose War, the War of the Roses, please. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a mix of, like, the main character is who will eventually be King Richard, who is possibly a woman in this. I've heard uh, that they are explicitly portrayed as, as intersex, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if that was entirely clear in the first episode, hmm. but that's probably, I, I only watched the first episode. I mean, and that, that's, I mean, my, my reasoning is that like, okay, that's an interesting thing to do. You know, if you're going to tackle yeah. Shakespeare and the whole idea that Shakespeare wrote these plays as Tudor propaganda to make right. Richard III look like an insane tyrant. Right. It's, could, um, it could be very interesting if they like take a gender angle into that. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, so this is just a straight up like an adaptation of no Shakespeare or no. Okay. It's a it's inspired by um, uh-huh. some of the events. Events would co- loosely, I think, the characters and like some of the events kind of loosely correlate to things that happened in that that those particular block of plays. But it's okay. not meant to be like a one to one adaptation. Um, and uh, as far as the actual episode, I had very little idea what was going on uh there was a lot of uh people giving speeches which in retrospect i should not have been surprised um the the they're called soliloquies gel yes at this time (laughs) uh the uh, presently at uh, presently it's prince richard uh they uh magically possibly fall in love with some other pretty anime person. I don't. I don't know what was happening. And uh, yeah, it didn't didn't really look great either. Like the like they did not have they did not have the resources to match the ambition. I think that they were going for. So this was just like a real like 
heavy, pretentious, ugly-looking mess. <laughs> oh, it's a chuny anime. It's what you're saying. Yes, I would. I would qual. I would categorize <laughs> this as a chuny anime. So, so yeah, that happened. Um, that happened. Is that, like, is that it? Just nothing else notable about this. Yeah, like I couldn't even like. Like, other than, like, the general plot points of what happens there, where, like, uh, I forget which king they have to overthrow or something, and then eventually it's going to lead to Richard being king or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, other than those kind of base points, I had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> like, like what the characters' motivations were or anything. I wonder if that's an um, adaptation problem or a source material problem. I, I don't know. I, like, I'm only, and I'm only personally even just vaguely familiar with like the plays yeah the general idea of the play like i don't i've never actually read right. um, any of those like i said the, those are not the shakespeare that at least they not are my yeah, that's not the shakespeare you teach in school yeah they, they make you read like you know romeo and juliet and Macbeth yeah. and those mm-hmm. and hamlet Hello, and whatnot yeah. yeah so uh yeah uh, well i mean all right then yep so, uh, so this, let's talk about Sasaki and Miyano. So. Yeah. Yes, uh, Sasaki and Miyano. I can almost barely remember what this was about. <laughs> this <laughs> was a... what a great season, folks! <laughs> what a season! What a season! No, this um, was the the BL one about the guy yes. who likes BL, right? Yes, yes it's a okay. it's a yep. boys love manga about guy boys that love boys love manga. <laughs> of course. Sure, um, it's it's actually it was actually pretty cute, um, like it was very wholesome. Yeah, uh, that's good to hear because most of the BL that gets made into an anime is usually the kind of the like the the abusive, edgy uh, kind. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, so, there's, there's, stuff like, there's stuff like Given, right? Like, yeah, it's it, there's becoming a, there's coming a, a shift is coming. That is true. We're getting a more a more diverse lineup of uh, of BL shows that again an anime. Yeah, then that's kind of, I think that's kind of why I watched this, because I'm kind of looking for the next thing that's going to be, like, given, because I really mm-hmm. love given the TV series. Not the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be clear, not the movie, but the TV series, because the movie was very much what we were talking about with mm-hmm. the oh, was it? abusive, gross uh... BL stuff. But the the TV series, well, given while given was more of a mix of, like, drama and, like, wholesomeness, this was very, like all wholesome but it is it is like it is explicitly romantic right yes yeah okay so they they are going in that direction but it's Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be a slow burn um, Mm -hmm. okay for sure but uh yeah so i I, it was fine i guess in that respect it was it was okay i just didn't really care about the the characters are very generic like Mm -hmm. they do Mm -hmm. not have any personality beyond Beyond, this is a reasonably nice show, person. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, these are two reasonably nice people that seem to be into each other. Isn't that nice? Good for That's them. Good, Good for, for them. them, I guess. But it it was just, just not... Like, there's no, like, specificity to the characters, right? Like... Right, yeah. Like, I, I couldn't tell you any of, like, specific personality traits about them other than they are nice, and apparently one of them is really into... BL manga, and he shares it with his friend, and his friend thinks he's cute. And okay, then that's that's the show. So, worst things you could watch, I guess. But I, I, I need <laughs> I need a little bit more than that 
to uh to mm-hmm. pull me in on this one. Uh-huh. Like again, if we're gonna compare to Given, like <laughs> the the main character was a real airheaded idiot, but he was interesting, and they had like the whole That's band a angle personality thing. trait. Yeah, they had the whole um band angle thing to go with and i like there's a lot of other things going on and this just just does not have that so mm-hmm. all right uh are we gonna do sabakui visco next sure yeah uh, i think um may, might be the only show i keep watching yeah this is what passes for a highlight of this season <laughs> yeah um, so what that, what is the actual premise of the show here at this point? Like it's so, so I mean, it's actually like weird, well, not straightforward, but it's like it's 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 something you've seen before, right? It's, it takes place at a post-apocalyptic Japan, uh-huh. you know, desert apocalypse. Uh, there's a disease known as uh, the rusty wind, or there's a phenomenon known as the rusty wind that causes a an incurable disease known as the rusting, where your body literally turns to rust. Exactly, and. Um, uh, the world believes that the rusting is caused by mushrooms. So the world has this uh, huge animus against all forms of fungi. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and it just so happens, it turns out, that our protagonist, uh, you know, Bisco, or uh, was it Man-Eating? Yeah. <laughs> Man-Eater Bisco, yeah. as he is known, uh, is, a, is, a, is the, uh, is the, what is the, he's a... Declared an outlaw of the world because he has the ability to uh, make mushrooms sprout from arrows he shoots from his bow. And uh, at least that's how much you know based on episode one. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh... Yep. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely... They're definitely going for like this like post-apocalyptic in the desert vibe. Although there is yeah. some bits in the city too. Definitely. Like... Yeah. I, I, it didn't hit quite hit me until uh, I had read our first look post where Artemis had also contributed, but mm. like, I feel like maybe the greatest like sin that you can throw at Sabakui Bisco is that it reminds you of two other like much better stories in the same vein. Mm-hmm. Those being Trigun and Doro Hidoro. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, the mushrooms especially made me think of Doro Hodoro a little bit. Yeah, yes, exactly. Course, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's the thing, right? Is like it's not that Sabakui Bisco is bad, but I think that at least at least based on its first episode, because again, that that's all we all have seen so far. All is. we've seen so far. It's a show that's like weirdly kind of like languid in its pacing, yeah. and I feel like it doesn't necessarily have that strongly defined of a personality yet. Yeah. Like you know, just to bring it up, because, like, it did hit me at the time. Since watching Sabakui Bisco, I've reread the entire Trigun manga, <laughs> uh, watched, like, the first couple episodes of the Trigun anime, and rewatched the opening scene of Trigun Badlands Rumble, the movie that, um, never seen that came movie. out. It's it's good. I mean, it, it's, it's a side story. It's like the Cowboy right, Bebop yeah, movie yeah. of, like, you know, it takes place before the end. Also, I know so, it came like, out, like... A very long time after that. Yeah, idea. but a- a- anyways, my point I'm bringing up here is like you know, like yes, Trigun did eventually have more nuanced things to say, like mm-hmm. as you read deeper. But on its face, what it was is 
here's some crazy-ass cowboy apocalypse shenanigans, right? Like, it very quickly, very easily established its personality very early on, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, to compare this to, you know, what Artemis mentioned of Doro Hidoro, again, very early on, that story establishes its personality, right? The <laughs> yes. vibe it's going for. Right. And I think that Sabaku Ibisco maybe just needs more time. At least that's me being optimistic, is that maybe... Maybe this anime really would have benefited from a double-length feature, uh, a double-length feature, right? Like two yeah. episodes in week one, because we kind of have the two separate plot threads of Bisco in the desert, and then this doctor, back alley doctor, helping people. And while I, while I'm, I would say I'm broadly interested in both. I don't. I also don't feel as if either really gave me a hook. Yeah. To bite on. Yeah. It definitely felt like there was something missing, and I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it is just, like, the energy level. Like, right. you, I mean, you would think a show that has a dude that shoots a bow and arrow that sprouts magic mushrooms, we'd be talking about, oh, did, you remember that one wild bit where he was, you know, No, totally, whatever? right? Yeah, yeah, like, there's none of but that. Even, like, it's but, very because pedestrian. Here's the thing, right? If, if you were to describe moments in Sabaku Bisco like, out of context... It sounds like a show that should have that, right? Like, remember, like, there's that weird bit that comes out of nowhere in the middle of the episode with, like, the fucking slug bioplane? Right, like, yes. Like, crab shooting like, the And crab... Yeah. yeah, it's like... That's... Cr- like, <laughs> a show with where I say the words slug bioplane and crab cannon <laughs> should be the kind of show that, like... El- we, you, you hear that, like, rise in energy in our voices, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it Criminal should organizations be that, kind of that show. wear uh, the pink... Right, masks. the bunny rabbit masks. Yes, right, the bunny like fucking, masks. you know, fucking, yeah, yeah. Gu- you know, with like their fucking Tommy guns. Like it's a show that, like, aesthetically and visually feels like it actually should have that kind of energy, but at least so far. And again, we've only seen one episode, but at least so far, it seems like it hasn't really hit that stride yet. And it- maybe, maybe this is one of those stories where like. It's a little, like, it's stumbling out the gate because it feels like it needs to establish all this stuff about this new universe, right? And maybe once all that stuff is established, maybe once the character dynamic is set up, then the hijinks and the antics will kind of start, you know, coming up. But mm. right now, man. yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's in a bit of a weird place. I, 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 think I want to like it, but... I think it's still worth keeping an eye on for another, you know, maybe episode or two. I, I would say I, so. I'm, I'm real skeptical. Like, is this just nice. going to be another? Like, is this gonna, is this going to be a Pari Ranman over again? Ooh. Like, oh man, where, <laughs> where we've got like the the we've got these like wild character designs and like concepts yeah. and everything, and then we just do like literally nothing with it. Um, I hope not because it does. It, 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 it it you know. A Pari Ranman, as much as I hate to admit, might actually be the better comparison because the one I was thinking of initially was uh, Sakugan, right? Right. Yeah. Of, well, like, that oh, in recent sh- memory, yes, that's a good example. But but here's the problem: Sakugan's first episode was actually really good. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So like, <sighs> the comparison almost doesn't actually work because Sakugan Bisco doesn't even have that much going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. The first episode of Sakugan's great. So like, yeah. yeah. That's, um. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking of Pari Ranma because that is a show that had really fantastic style. And did nothing and with a, it. A premise that should have been a slam dunk. And yeah. Yep. And it was just such a boring, dull yeah. show. Um, I'm worried that we are headed in that direction. They're they're gonna they're gonna have to pull out more 
slug spaceships or whatever <laughs> next time. Yeah, to, for sure. I I don't know. I, I'm hoping that, like, you know, it, it did play the OP at the end, and I feel like there's a lot of energy in that OP that I want to see in the show itself. So, I'm... Yeah. You know, I am hoping that maybe this is one that can turn it around. You know, maybe it just needs some time to find its footing. But, yeah, out the gate, like... It, it really speaks to like how weak this season is that despite everything we've just said about Sabaqui Visco, we're probably all still like ah, <laughs> still the thing to keep an eye on. Yep. Yeah. I mean if this was last season, I would not still be watching this. No. For being honest. <laughs> but um It hangs in a season like this though. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. <sighs> Alright. Alright. Well let's yeah, uh talk about uh, speaking of, I guess, shows that have a good concept but don't live up to it. Um, the premise should be a slam dunk, or yeah. as we say here, a home run, perhaps? Uh-huh. Yes, uh, Tribe 9. Tribe I didn't watch nine. this, but I read the premise. I'm like, that sounds awesome, but I'm going to wait till I was going to I was going to let you guys all watch it and see the, the verdict. It didn't it's, sound like I mean, the out. premise, I mean, just the staff, right? Oh, Mr. Akudama Drive, it's, is that you? <laughs> look, we all knew it couldn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, this so. show is just does not have what it takes for its premise i think so what 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 is the exact premise other than violent future baseball yeah i mean that's that's a great premise that's That's all you need to say that's that's the thing that drives me crazy violent future baseball should alone crime got out of control in japan and so they uh in in neo tokyo they closed it off and wait uh, is it actually neo tokyo And just, like, Neo just like Neo XX <laughs> was closed off, and now all conflict must be solved via extreme baseball. And uh, so, of course, it starts out with a, a bully kid and some tuna fisher or whatever uh, happen to be in the same area as a pro extreme baseball player and get dragged into his team. And, you know, they got to they gotta become the best extreme baseball player Except this is actually presented in a very dull manner until probably the very end of the episode. Uh, Which is the only time they have money to make something look cool. So this right. didn't get the Akadama Drive no. money either. No. It's like, even when they pop out at the end of the episode, like, okay, so like at the end of the episode they finally play some extreme baseball. And like, it's fun because... Like, Tokyo Tower just has a big thing that lights up over it. It's like base three, right? So it's That's like, pretty good. It's like you're playing baseball across the entire city. Uh. And I'm like, okay, okay. <clears throat> it's like the outfielders are, are literally like parkouring up buildings to catch the ball and stuff. And I'm like, all right. We're, like, we're kind of getting somewhere. I do also have to mention that, like, the good guy team has, like, a character in it who is, like, quadruplets, I think. It's, like, four identical dudes, because otherwise they wouldn't have enough guys to, like, make a quirky baseball team. (laughs) Uh, It's just, like, it just takes the whole episode to get to this, and then it's not even that well animated. Like, the enemy pitcher puts on a suit of power armor, like, a big arm cannon. It's like, I'm gonna pitch the ball at you at 50 horsepower with this cannon. <laughs> I'm like, well, first of all... I'm like, I mean, this all sounds right, great. I'm having fun, but then also it's like, 50 horsepower? That seems a little low. See, see, this is the part where now I run and say that if this epi- exact same episode of this exact same premise had been written by Nakashima and directed by Hiroyuki Omaishi, 
would this dude be saying five million like, five, horsepower? Yeah, five million horsepower. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's the energy. That's missing. oh, is that like the microcosm of the show's problem? Then, like, they don't, don't go crank enough. it up enough. Exactly. Because so, here's the thing, right? Like, so yeah. we all know this to be true. Baseball episodes it's... tend to be very good in anime. Uh-huh. Like, this yes. is just this is a self-evident truth. Uh-huh. We have been on record on that many times. Is this the thing that is revealing to us that baseball episodes are good in anime because they are one-offs? Are you see, yeah, G, you know... unlike other baseball shows, the ones that we like are actually not about baseball, but about the characters. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's what I'm saying, thing. right? Is... Here's the thing. Uh, I'm right. Anime never start with a baseball episode. Yes, right? that's true. Because, as we've, we've discussed many times about baseball episodes, they're good because we've established our cast of characters and now we're giving them an opportunity to kind of act out and right, right. play oh, out uh, the, the different mind- interactions of what happens when you mix this character with this character. No, my understanding yes. is that Big Windup is quite good. Yes, Big Windup is an excellent uh, baseball anime. I'll rep that till the day I die. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's just like it just sounds like yeah, like a sh- again another thing where the premise should be like, you know, this should be uh, this should be so easy, right? This should be so easy to make work, right? Yeah. You say violent future baseball, and like my yeah. butt should already be in that seat. Yeah, and it sounds like I don't know. Yeah, maybe just needed. I, I I hate to be that guy, but I don't know. Maybe Amaishi should have directed this instead, right? <laughs> like maybe you just I don't know. Oh, yeah, exactly. let, yeah. Let, let's press let's be press the button. Other... Press the button that says Amaishi should have directed this. <laughs> yeah, well, be generous and saying... say there are probably many other directors guess, that could like, handle this like better. Like, but yes, Akudama Drive opens up, and Akudama Drive is, goes for it. It's got style, and yes. it's just it is in your face with that style from. The first minute of that show and doesn't mm-hmm. let up. Tribe Nine is just like so much more generic about like, oh no, this character is being bullied, but there's baseball, and this character <laughs> needs to learn to stand up for themselves, and they're gonna learn that by watching extreme baseball. And then at the end, we get some actual extreme, a little bit of extreme baseball as a treat. Right. You could have a little bit of extreme base, And it's like, no, you should have opened up. This show should be all about how insane extreme right, baseball like this, is. Again, like, it doesn't have to be him, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like in the hands of a better director, like, this feels like the kind of show where the very first three minutes of this show should have opened up to, like, the grimiest, grittiest, bloodiest extreme baseball match exactly. that the world had ever seen. Right. right? Then, like, to then get cut you to the, the main kid watching it or something, and then go into that. Right. Right. Like, like you, get you, you start right... off with the hook. Yeah. Right. And, and get you in the right mind space for a show like that. You know. Yeah. But... Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's just well, uh, disappointing. That might be the theme of this episode: is you need more than a good idea here. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well. I guess on the other end of the spectrum, uh, uh, this is a terrible, terrible idea. idea, but maybe we can make it work. <laughs> all right. So I can't believe I'm going to say some of the words I'm going to say. So okay, all right. Uh, let me just What's the title put of some the show? giant asterisks, some many grains of salt here with anything I'm about to say about this show. We but, reserve uh, the rights the to the retract show? these words at any moment. <laughs> the show I'm so 
I watched Life with an Ordinary Guy who reincarnated into a total fantasy knockout. Uh, thinking that this was going to be in the running for the worst show of the season. Um, the premise being that there are these two 30-something salarymen who are best friends and uh, one night they get drunk and some goddess shows up and transports them to another world. And, oh, wow. I've never heard of this plot. And one of them... One of them is transformed into a beautiful young girl. Whoa! Um, so I'm like, all right, uh, you know, I'm 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 loading my gun here. I'm yeah, gonna... right. Like, <laughs> premise alone, it's like start counting your bullets. I, I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to deal with the the transphobia and the homophobia yeah. and all the phobias and uh, let's just get this over with for the sake of uh, covering for the blog. And um, I, however. I can't Hello? believe I'm saying this. Uh, it's actually kind of good. <laughs> sure. I mean, look, like nobody has ever said that like anime made it to the top by being politically correct. Okay, so <laughs> right. let, let's let's address like... that. Let's address that first. Okay. So again, I don't feel appropriate declaring this quote unquote good or safe or whatever as a you know uh-huh. straight cisgender man uh you know i I'm, i don't know how much value my opinion has on that but i have read other commentary from you know other reviews from people of all different genders on this and everybody seems very positive on it i'll just throw that out there um and not that that necessarily makes it okay either i think everybody will have their you know you can form your own opinion but generally the feedback has been positive um it is walking on some very very thin ice though mm-hmm. sure and th- this is just based on the first episode so there there is especially in the beginning there is a lot of like uh why do i think my friend is hot i'm into women there's a lot of no homo going on in the uh, beginning uh-huh. of course. um but eventually that goes away and he and the guy just kind of gives up he's like oh yeah i'm, I'm just gay i guess like it's <laughs> sure i mean eventually, development. and and i think what and this is kind of like the uh discussion i had in the you know, when i was talking about dragon maid two seasons ago where like the, the, you can tell the overall message they're going for is that these two actually love each other, but and that their physical form does not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's and, in and, general and, just a way in which that kind of stuff can be made palpable in manga and anime because you see this a lot in manga and anime. It's like oh, stuff about like guy suddenly turns into a girl, and ooh, what does that mean if he slash she falls in love with another guy or girl? And, like, I think the whole gender bender thing, or the, the, the whole genre of that that is so commonly seen in, in manga and anime, is just because that is the way to discuss these kinds of topics in a non-controversial way. Like, right. right, in a way that's not gonna, you're not gonna get the same kind of... Uh you know, pushback or whatever yeah, from certain yeah. types of people. But, and, you know, I, you know, part of me is like, you know, I would rather see, let's just be upfront about it, but, you know, th- th- it's a way to do it. But I think, um, I, I think what is different, at least from what I've seen of these kinds of shows is like, they do just eventually just accept that, mm-hmm. Oh, I really actually am in love with this person. Um, and the 
show then shifts to like a lot of people have compared this to Kaguya Sama Love is War. Um, <laughs> where they are both in love with each other, but they're trying to force ah, the yes. other person to admit it. Uh, <laughs> sure. So there's a lot of like mind games going on as like uh they're, you know, trying to uh feel out the situation. So does the Isekai element factor into this at all, or is it just an excuse to turn one of them into a girl? Yeah, it's just an excuse to add some magic to it, because mm. like um at one point they like fight a monster and the guy who is still a guy, like, has magical punching powers. Um is he the one who gets the like... cheat skill. Yeah, yeah. He, he looks suspiciously like the guy from uh, Big O too. I think. But... Wait, really? <laughs> Wait, yeah. like Roger Smith with, with glasses. Well, I put the screenshot in the Discord. You guys saw him with it. Paradigm City's top negotiator, <laughs> Roger Smith. He's he's got the hair, but uh... wow, weirdly relevant. How, uh, why are we talking about Big O all of a sudden? Weird. Well, oh. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But but no. Um. So so yes. There's I I there's definitely. I'm not going to say, obviously it's not as good as Kaguya-sama, but it doesn't have the ensemble at the moment. Although, <laughs> apparently as a joke, uh, uh, Kirito from Sword Art Online shows up at some point. Sure. Um, Great. But, uh, yeah, it, it's like it's it's very much the like uh, contentious dirtbag comedy that I very much like right. once they settle into what's going just, on here. I just see and, this, uh, and I think how many episodes before the, the girl gets, like, sexually assaulted right well i don't i th i don't think they're gonna go that far it's, it's well, i mean very... i mean just like she gets like you know oh well we're talking like, accosted by like delinquents like, and stuff like anime that. F quote unquote funny groped yeah. by whatever right. yeah that could probably happen oh no it's um, a big scary orc it's very ah but it it's very... funny because it's actually a guy yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they will, mm. um, and I'm probably gonna eat those words. But yeah, well. <laughs> um, based on just like the first episode alone, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, so and... it sounds like you know, regardless of like whatever like trepidations one might have, that like unlike a lot of the trash that is airing this season, where it's very easy to just write it off immediately, you you're, you're still making the argument that like there's some I mean, legitimately like. Yeah, that there's some legitimate like qualities to this that make it worth yeah. paying attention to. It 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 is um, it has good it has like the good comedic timing. It's very well animated. Sure. A, a lot of a lot of really nice looking shows this season, <laughs> whether they're good <laughs> yeah. or bad. Yeah, this, this this is it's it's extremely well animated. It's got the goofy cartoon animation stuff going on. Um, a lot of things that uh I love in many other anime comedies just. They're they're skating on such thin ice with the subject right. material <laughs> that this could go south so quickly. Um, but you know what? I'll give it another episode, and sure. you know if I'm eating my words in two weeks, so be it. At least the first episode was pretty good, I think. At least it was something to watch. <laughs> yeah, it could numb our brain for thirty minutes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to talk about Orient. Oh boy, Orient! I don't really know a whole lot about this, other not than isn't this like a big? Uh... Just... Yeah, not much to say about this one, yeah, to be honest. It's just uh, it's a it's a shonen manga uh, by the uh, mangaka who brought us Magi: The Labyrinth of Magic. 
Oh, okay. Which uh, I would say I broadly like her work uh, in manga form. <laughs> <laughs> Put that asterisk on it. So Orient is basically uh, a fantasy version of Sengoku period where uh, while all the uh, warlords were fighting, Oni showed up and enslaved everybody and took over Japan. And so now... They just control humans in little enclaves, and only the Bushi can band together to fight the Oni menace. Right, but the Oni, they oppress everyone, and they teach the innocent children in school that the Bushi were... I mean, were... I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that that's not really a factor in the rest of the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sure, but I yes, just found it funny. Episode, yes. <laughs> it's very funny. Right. It's, it's, it's like, ex- an extremely... So- the like, guy moments, being like, oppressed like, for being a right, Bushi. Like, there, there's literally a scene where, like, a kid is, like, because he's a son of a Bushi, he has to carry a sword at his hip, and the other kids throw rocks right, at him. Right, yeah, and... I'll socially ostracize him. Uh, anyway, and so the main character and his best be friend like, are gonna yeah. become the best Bushi ever. Uh, I'm gonna be the greatest Bushi of all time. So is this just, like, is this just an average battle shonen yes. anime? Or yes, yes. I would. I, I would say I, it, it is precisely that. There's gonna be a except, tournament arc uh, in 20 episodes. Except it doesn't <laughs> look good at all. No. Anime wise. Well, no, but but here's the thing. That makes it your average. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We've been <laughs> we have spoiled, been spoiled like, these past yeah. few right. years. Like I, the thing that actually I started thinking about watching Orient is like whether deserve it or not. Uh-huh. A lot of shonen manga in the last few years have gotten these sorts of adaptations that like have such a degree of like pedigree yeah. and like resources that it almost lends like a sort of like prestige quality to them right <laughs> like think about like I, I mean the example i'll bring up is like the now like Kaisen, yeah or even just you know to bring up because it hasn't aired yet so all we have is a trailer think about the chainsaw man anime pv right like that thing is like literally one of the most watched like videos on youtube and like i like chainsaw man i like it a lot but even still watching that pv it's almost like Whoa, whoa! Did, does it really deserve this much money? <laughs> like, like this seems like this seems a little weird, right? It's almost like this was like it's it's like if you had like your favorite like like fucking like hole in the wall restaurant, right? And it was your hole in the wall because it was like <laughs> and then it, it got it was, like a Michelin star or something, right? Right, right. And it's suddenly like fucking and Gordon Ramsay's there and all this shit. And you're, I mean, like, when Gordon Ramsay's there, it's usually a bad sign for the restaurant. Fine, fair but... enough. Then when, when the ghost of Andrew Bourdain shows up or Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> well, no, shows I mean up, Anthony Bourdain's out here repping like in and out and fucking yeah but, but, but the point i'm making is like you know it is a thing that i undeniably like and i like it for what i think are very valid reasons but it still feels weird the amount of prestige and resource that is being thrown behind it right. because at the end of the day it's still something that air that fucking you know gets published in weekly shonen jump right, right. you know and like, I mean, we're it, we're used to the days of our youths with like you know, for me, Dragon Ball. And, right, you know, we're all used to the horrors of Studio Piero. Looks, looks good once every thirty episodes. Right, right where they yeah. have to crank out you know two hundred episodes a year, and uh, <laughs> you know they're yeah. they're of varying quality, let's say. So like and, to bring it all back, that's why in a weird ways watching Orient was like a weird like 
baseline reset of my expectations. Right. It was like, oh, right, no, 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 forget about Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer. Like, this is what your average shonen anime adaptation looks like. Yeah. Can't really deny that. I mean, um... I mean, also, aside from that, it just has no, like, style. Like, look at Naruto and Bleach. These those shows look like shit, but they had a vibe. You know, they had a style. There's where, like, I'd argue, like, the manga has a vibe, but and that vibe is Shinobu Taka's style storytelling. But then, like, it doesn't really come through in the anime as much. Yeah, or like, um, I mean, for me, like Jujutsu Kaisen. I like, I never watched Battle Shonen, Mm -hmm. and there's just something about that show. And and it is, it is kind of like very generic early on, as we've talked about, but. There's something about it that I like, kind of appeal to me, and I'm, and you know, you stick with it, and eventually finds its, you know, its personality or whatever. Yeah. But that show also looks really good. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a thing that, like, that's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about when I say go, like, like the weird amount of prestige being thrown at what amount to battle shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, well, what, they, what I'm saying is, if you if you did. Have, like watch Orient and went. Oh yeah, maybe there's something here. Just read the manga. Just read the original sure. version. Yeah. It's good. Or rather, go read Maki. <laughs> I mean that too. Yeah. Remember that. Remember that show. Um. Anyway, let's move along. Did anybody else watch Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward besides me? Before uh, I. Did not. Before okay. I heard it well. was okay. Apologies to anyone else in the Glorio crew that might have watched this and enjoyed it. Um, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not even really sure what the point of the show is. I guess like ouch, Jesus, they're doing like they they ha- they're kind of doing like this Minority Report or any other or I guess didn't Psycho pass through this too with the. We can predict crime. Uh-huh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because the, the one thing I was about to ask about Tokyo, the 24th Ward, right, is like, did this show feel like it had the potential to be this year's, like, it invaded tier anime? No. Of, like, <laughs> weird pseudo near future with, like, a, with, a, with a sci-fi twist? No, not even remotely. Okay. Well, <laughs> on paper, yeah, that's kind of what they're going for. Um, in execution. Because look, I'm just I looking. I, I'm looking at the recommendations section of the 24th Ward on Anichart, and listed are Psychopaths, uh, Vivi, <laughs> It Invaded, and Akadama Drive. Yeah, I, no, I mean it's in that <laughs> genre. I mean that. cyberpunk <laughs> aesthetic. That is what all these shows have in common. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yes, of course. <laughs> but yes, there's like, there's like some kind of new technology that can predict the future and you know it's controversial of course because you know the government is using it to convict poor people Uh and our three you know main young men straight out of high school uh get a mysterious phone call from their dead friend that gives them like temporary superhuman powers and also lets them see the future in uh i guess I don't know. Like, I'll I'll point out, it was a two episode debut, and I did not have the desire to watch the second episode. Ouch. So I don't know. Maybe something better happens. <laughs> maybe something better happens in the second episode. But it was just so like uninteresting, and I yeah. absolutely hated the characters. 
So, so the characters don't have a good dynamic, or you just no, don't find so like, them interesting. It's these three. Mm-hmm. It's these three dudes. Okay. Um. First of all, everyone in this character, it, it, not character, everyone in the show, all the characters in the show, are idiots. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, that could be a good thing, depending. But on But not the in a good way. <laughs> no. This is not. This is this is a serious. This is a serious dramatic show. Um. So like the three main guys, and they call themselves so the. They they're called RGB because the, their hair colors they they have red green and blue hair. Of course, sure. Um, the 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 main guy is like the idiot. I'm gonna be a hero guy. Okay. And he's so dumb that like, uh, so like the, this show opens and like sort of like the pivotal turning point that in their lives that leads up to this was there's like this fire at a high school, and the the main idiot guy who's the one with the blue hair, uh, is like, I'm gonna run in and rescue him. And rescue, uh, you know, the the girls or their friends or whoever. And, like, so so he's, like, the idiot, I'm going to be a hero guy. There's the smart glasses guy, of course. Of course. And there's the, uh, you know, the free-spirited uh, hacker guy. This is just a Sentai <laughs> cast. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so, like, so, like, the opening scene, this is, this is just one example of, like, the, the stupidity. But the... So this opening scene, it's a flashback. The school's on fire. He's going to run in. And they're like, no, we got to have a, you know, smart guy's like, no, we got to have a plan. Hacker guy's like, you know, I'm hacking the thing to find them first. Just wait one minute. And the guy's like, no, I'm not going to wait. And then he knocks both of them out. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then runs into the building. I mean, that was, they uh, can't stop him. I mean. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Okay. They can't stop him that way. And so um, that happens and then of course he runs in and, and he's he can only save one of the girls and like the other girl's death is like their big like you know turning point in their life that before we skip to like a year or two later or whatever uh-huh. but um and then like later on the entire so the entire like second half of the episode is kind of banding them together and like giving them their, their first time that they get their superpowers which is kind of like their superpowers are kind of like if they got like plus five to their ability checks <laughs> for sure, sure. Dungeons and Dragons terms. Like, yes. so like the one guy can run faster. The other guy uh, is more charismatic. <laughs> and then like, uh, the super hacker guy can think faster or something. Uh, sure. But, uh, okay. uh, and so, so they get superpowers, but not in a way that we must like consider how they have superpowers when we're writing. Yes. So, well, they get it because they get like a mysterious phone call and it's like their dead friend and then they suddenly have superpowers. Um, but the whole half of the episode is literally the trolley problem. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. To the, to the degree where one of the characters says, this is just like the trolley problem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kotaro Shikoshi, is that you? <laughs> so, I'm excited so like, about the Monty Hall problem. So, like, and, and it's caused by their, their, one of their friends is, like, currently working as, like, a waitress somewhere. And she's at, at the a cocktail platform. bar. And her and her her dog gets loose and runs onto the tracks of this new bullet train, and she decides to jump down and chase the dog on on oh, the tracks man. to the bullet train. Uh-huh. And this goes on for like twenty minutes, and the whole time I'm yelling, just yelling at my screen at how like dumb it was for her to jump down there. This whole thing could have been prevented, and also like 
it's so like they, they think they're so smart bringing up the trolley problem. Thing. Oh no! <laughs> it's, like, it's the anime. It's the it's the anime that thinks it's smart. <laughs> yes, and I'm like I'm like yes. I've never heard of this trolley problem. Please explain to me. And like, well, you see, oh man, you know, it, <sighs> do you sacrifice the life of this one young woman to save the 150 people on the train, or? You know, and they're like, Ugh. and they're like fighting back and forth between, no, don't switch the, you know, don't switch the tracks, <laughs> you know, we'll think of some other way to stop the train. And, and, and none of the, it probably would have been fine if this was like a five minute sequence, but this is like 20 minutes that they drag this out. And I'm like, just bang my head against the monitor. And I'm like, I, if, if this anime thinks this is like smart, philosophical, like, I don't know, whatever, then I have no desire to watch this. So deep, and then man. The, the characters are, like, super boring They don't uh, and annoying, and there's just, like, nothing I was enjoying there. So I'm just, like, yeah. Uh, Could have been good. I mean, like, it, it, it. I think it has, like, a certain, like, you, you style to it that I like. But, like, if you look at the, you know, the artwork and everything... Like, uh, I mean, that's part of why I was like, okay, that looks like it might be interesting. And right. I think if it were well-written and the characters were better, then maybe it would be good. But that's a big... You <laughs> know, I would have loved the show if it were good. If this <laughs> yeah. anime was good instead of bad, it would have been good. good. <laughs> yes. Uh, All right. Christ. Well, I'm glad I got that rant off my chest. Cause, that's a shame. Uh, I feel like... I, I, I just I, I feel like I have a soft spot for these types of shows that are like dumb cyberpunk dumb, but smart but also <laughs> dumb yeah like I don't this, know how to quite put it right it's like I don't I don't I don't want to call it invaded a smart show but it's also not a dumb show it's 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 it's, it's using its smart writing to do dumb things and right. I think I just have a soft spot for an anime that can do that. So right. a show that is dumb on purpose rather than accidentally dumb, you mean? Yes, it is. It is, it, it is. Yes, an anime that is intelligently designed to be dumb on purpose. Yes, maybe the best way I could put it. And so is, it is a shame when you get the when you get the opposite, which is a dumb show that thinks it's smart. I, I'm like I'm half expecting to pull out like Schrodinger's cat in the next episode or something. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. Oh. Dude, if they're carting out the fucking trolley problem episode one, I guarantee you Prisoner's Dilemma <laughs> will be Prisoner's Dilemma, episode yeah. four. Yeah. Like, Pull them the next edition. Uh, <sighs> all right. Will probably, they will probably name drop the Chinese room sometime oh, down the line, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you ever heard of game theory? <laughs> let's, let's, let's end the new shows with one more rant against the thing uh, I absolutely hated. There's still one more on this list I totally forgot. Um, let's talk about Love of Kill. It's so bad. What I is absolutely hated this. Okay. This I, might I, have, <laughs> I might have hated this more than anything I watched. Alright, so the premise oh, of the show is there's a lady who's a bounty hunter and she's, you oh, know... Oh, wait, one thing, Iroh. Her name is I Chateau. need to say that this... Right. Yes, this woman's name is Chateau Dankworth. <laughs> dude, that's a great name. Holy so, shit. I'll give him credit that that's fantastic. That's a Blood Pocade Battlefront name. Yeah, dude, I'm writing that one down. Chateau, Chateau, Chateau Dankworth, hunter. number 11 of the gung-ho yep. guns. She's a yep. bounty hunter. She's hunting down criminals in, in the modern day. Okay. But then one day... She, she looks exactly she, like Violet Evergarden. Uh, but... One day she <laughs> finds a criminal, but a hitman's already gone to him first. And the hitman, you know, kicks the gun out of her hand, pins her to the ground. Then he's like, actually, you're really hot. You want, can you give me your phone number? 
Uh. And uh, so the whole premise of the show is this hitman thinks she's super hot. And so he keeps doing her jobs before she gets there. He's basically stalking her. Oh, so it's the one joke kind of comedy. Yeah. Oh no, it's this is not really a joke though. Right. Like... The thing is, it's not played as a joke at all. But it's I, not it's played. Hard, it's for, it's to... not played seriously either. It's like. I I think it's supposed to be like cool and sexy. Right. It's supposed. To, it's <laughs> totally supposed to be the like almost abusive, creepy boyfriend thing. Right. Right. Instead, ah, he actually is just like straight up like stalking and uh, harassing her. Yeah. Uh, and uh. And then she gets the orders to go for his bounty when he's like, well, maybe I'll let you take me in if you go on a date with me. And uh, that's that's that, that's the show. That's the show. That's all there is. They have zero chemistry. So it's supposed to be I think it's supposed to be like the, you know, cat and mouse sexy spy thriller. Right. Thing. Right. But there's nothing and... to it. They have no probably like no chemistry the, at the all the problem is that if you do the cat and mouse sexy spy thriller thing is that the cat and the mouse both need to have chemistry exactly yes exactly. there has to be some like yeah and so the main guy is a creepy uh stalker uh-huh. and the woman doesn't talk barely talks. oh she's like no she silent. pretty much doesn't talk no, she's just other than like bare like, like other than like bare necessity of dialogue to function as a human being she doesn't talk so yeah, real just... real hot <laughs> and yeah i i just absolutely hate hated this so much um the the fact that there there's was, there's was a lot to like i could probably unpack with like the sexism and stuff going on here which is not even worth our time but like what about the casual I... racism Oh boy! Yeah, yeah there's wait some what? of that too. Uh, you see, so uh, in her bounty hunter office, they have an IT intern uh, who is whose name is uh, given in the anime as Jim, and he's okay. a small little brown guy who uh, okay. works IT. And uh, I looked this up because I was like, "What the heck's with the what the heck is Jim's deal?" In the manga version, he was known only as the Indian. Uh, oh, and he oh. speaks in a comical accent. Oh, oh. Yep. Oh. So oh, there's boy. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't like the... I was trying to think, like, I guess just, like, the power dynamic, because, like, right. the the main assassin guy is, like, clearly in control, like, physically. Hmm. Like, he's always, like, grabbing her and pinning her, and he's, like, very much, like, she can't... Like, she tries to fight him off at one right, point, and she can't. Like, he's too good. But he's, yeah, but like, he's being respectful because he isn't pinning no, her down. Like he's that's... just generally caressing her face. Yeah, nah, he's only nah, looking this, respectfully, this, right? But, this uh... sucks. This sounds like it sucks. I, I Like, again, if you're going to do, like, the sexy cat and mouse spy thriller thing, they have to be, like, equals, right? Like Right. Like, you know, you're, you're Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. One has to be a spy for the West. The other one has to be an assassin for the East. Right, we they have to get fake wa- married and adopt yeah. a stupid daughter. We are literally <laughs> going to watch an anime that does this way better in, like, what, like, six to nine months? Yeah. So... Ah, six, nine, nice. <laughs> yes. Like... It's late. So, anyway. Yeah. Honestly, with all the bad shows on this, I, for some reason that one seemed to piss me off more than any of them. But Just to no energy to it at all. Yeah. The story of winter 2022. (laughs) On that note, that's going to do it for the new shows. Yeah. 
I wanted to mention we don't have we're kind of out of time, but uh, at least we have ranking of kings. Yeah. So that new OP is really good. Holy yeah, shit! I, let, let let me say again on tape while you're here, Aqua. Thank you for introducing <laughs> us to ranking of kings because. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the this this second this second half now that we've introduced like this gang of horrible criminals that these with these they're different these like comical bandits and also a guy from Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Uh. Dorsh is still the goat. Yep. <laughs> Still the greatest uh, that ever Again, lived. after last episode. Um, <laughs> I can't believe Dorsh fake died for a second time. <laughs> Has it only been two times that he fake died? <laughs> I do have to point uh, out that uh, these uh, these hellhounds are getting some serious, like, Dalek rule in that one hellhound is a formidable opponent, <laughs> but, like, yes. many hellhounds go down very easily. <laughs> you can kill them with some darts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, oh, I, you I are you are not like... immune to hot lady night. Not even the ranking of kings is immune to hot lady hot night. Ninja lady night. Like, yeah, yeah, like wearing like freaking this lady who's wearing full plate armor, but also throwing kunai like it's a, a highly optimized build. <laughs> Just the silliest goddamn combo I've ever seen. I mean, we have established that the that the knights of the kingdom of boss were like a very weird, like sort it's... of like whack job, like like a torso armor that is like really wide at around the waist and then they wear these poofy trousers yeah <laughs> but when healing yeah. wears them she just wears the torso bit so she's just like walking around like she's dressed Hot up as a christmas tree very good <laughs> um, yeah no i mean that anime like what is there to say it continues to like be really great um you know i think that maybe these recent episodes have definitely felt a little bit like a um a resting period, right? It feels like Wit Studio is resting its energy, is, yeah. is is saving its energy. Like yeah, it, it knows it's gonna go fucking crazy soon. So. Yeah, but, I uh, mean the I mean the the latest episode did have like a lot of combat in it, but it did. Um, it, it was did, not but... as extravagant as a... yeah. Right, it like, wasn't like, as, you, uh, you, you yeah. compare Dorsh's first fight to his yeah. second fight, and the first it fight looked, clearly yeah. had. A lot more time put into it. It looks yes. good as uh, it, still, it looks it merely looks good, good as opposed to great. <laughs> yes, yes, it still looks good. Um, I just think it's a great uh, escalation of things, shaking up the status quo in a way that's like kind of cashing in all the buildup that we've had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I just continue to like have like nothing bad to say about the show. Like it's it is it's just so good. It is very noteworthy because the weird thing about Ranking of Kings is like every time you watch it, it is. It's very good, but it is also incredibly simple. Like, it is a very... It tells a relatively simple story, but it sprawls in such a way because everything has been thought out. Like, there's little, there's little twist and little kink here and there. Even though the core is, like, very simple, a very simple story of, you know... The, the the black sheep prince gets mm. kicked out, goes on a journey, and comes back to reclaim his throne. Like that's the story. I think there's complexity with the characters. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like they. It, that's it, where. But it tells this traditional fairy tale like story in a way that, as opposed to like using the broad, like all of your traditional characteristics of a fairy tale. You know, your broad, flat characters. Your 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 black and white world view, and then 
goes over all of these elements of like, okay, what if I made it interesting, but I still <laughs> kept telling the same story, and that's Just that's interesting. Like, to the characters. Yeah. Yeah, what if I fleshed out the characters? You know, what if not everyone was either 100% good or 100% evil, except for Bodgy, who's a good boy. Um, yes. <laughs> but, like, it's, 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 it's an interesting show to look at from, like, a way of, like, comparing as someone who has been, like, beaten to death with, like, story structure and right, the typical yeah. characteristics of a fairy tale in high school. It's a very interesting show to look at. Like, mm-hmm. It's very good. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, and as G mentioned, that that new uh, that new OP is like a work of art in itself. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's a thing like you didn't even have to be like I knew about it ahead of time, but you you didn't need to be told. Oh, the new OP for Ranking of Kings was handled by the Jujutsu Kaisen guy because <laughs> the moment you watch it, you're like, oh, right, it's that, that that's guy, the Jujutsu yeah. Kaisen guy. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like that uh that OP stirred up more emotion in me than like anything I've watched in the past six months or something like <laughs> it's it's a really good OP do have to so, say I'm going to miss that crazy 70s synth guitar solo from the first OP <laughs> ah fair yeah. enough mm-hmm. well, I mean, we'll always I have that thing, one like, as well like in a ways like the, the second OP could only be the second OP because it is it is, a, it is an opening sequence that works because now that you know what the true shape of this show is, right. yeah. it can have an open... Like, you could not have that OP for the first, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like, there's an element of Ranking of Kings that is about the facade, right? And the first OP is very good at, like, maintaining that facade until, you know, eventually the curtains come down and you realize what kind of show this truly is. But, uh... Yeah. To add to I, that, I wouldn't, it's interesting I that wouldn't they... be getting. I wouldn't be getting uh, choked up when I see uh, the queen hugging Boji <laughs> OP in, if that was, was in the first season. Yeah, exactly. And again, shout outs to the OP for correctly recognizing that the only relationship that can rival a mother's love <laughs> is a man's love for his uh, three-headed, now two-headed snake. Yes, <laughs> he's included. I love that that's included in the montage. The of, montage. Uh... <laughs> now that we did end up uh, discussing this episode, and you were talking about you know like averting expectations, I do like how the uh, the show. Like, did the facade twice? Like, because with this episode, you had the, like, oh, you know, the show has always had the thing of, like, oh, it looks like a kid's show, but it's actually dark. And then you had this episode coming around, and at some point I was really, like, they're, they're, they're just going to go, like, full Red Wedding here. Like, you know, Darsh is going to get slaughtered, the Queen is going to get slaughtered. But they still all make it out in the end. The, 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 so they even... The tone of the show is not, like, that... Dark. <laughs> that's the thing they keep they keep it well balanced you know they, yeah, they always yeah. play with your exception when you think this is just a cheerful show you get like complex mature depth mm-hmm. to it and then when you think the pendulum is going to swing too hard in the other direction it, it goes back to being a bit more idealistic a bit more uh, a bit more yeah. optimistic I mean, there are, right? there are so, some very dark things that happen yeah but, yeah like, it's yeah not... but they always keep that pendulum yeah. like nicely between its boundaries mm-hmm. it's very yeah they balance that well um yeah i'm just thinking of like even the concept of like uh king boss and like when yeah. he makes his deal with the devil and they're like also oh, king waluigi is gonna invade them <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. That, i mean we, you know we don't have to do like a play-by-play of every plot yeah, but sure. i will say that like i think that you guys are getting at is like the show has an immensely is, is immensely like good at like crafting these sorts of like emotional situations because it like 
it economically it, it it economically uses its time very well to develop these characters, mm-hmm. right? Like even like was it like Kingbo, the fucking dude who gets got in the first episode? Yeah, like gets his flashback to like how he used to be a good and kind king until his dad went fucking cuckoo from becoming the number one ranked king. Also, he's not dead. And, like, he's not dead. Also, that he's not dead, yeah. or like how in like episode like in the second episode of of uh, this new core, right? They finally reveal the uh, identity of of Oaken as uh, Prince Oaken, right? Um, you know, and we don't know the relationship quite yet, but now that we know that he's directly related to King Waluigi, yeah, they just sort of like, casually do it, like they start calling him Prince, and it was like, right? He always been it's a like, prince. Oh man! <laughs> like, now, really now that. suddenly. Why King Waluigi sheds a single tear in the OP <laughs> makes sense, right? Like, is he summoning that lightning? Like, yes. On one hand, he's here to invade. You know, his 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 premise is he's here to invade Boss's kingdom, but is it actually the true tragedy here? Is that King Waluigi is traveling to to perform a mercy killing of his like cursed long gone? Like, is Prince Oaken his cursed son? Like, do we have two cursed sons in oh, this yeah. anime? A lot of like, cursed sons. Oh, like. Going around, you know. Oh, you don't so get to, to climb the ranking of kings without cursing a couple. Sons. And again, like we're making these wild speculations, like none of this would surprise me. We have right. no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we could be entirely wrong here. Yes, we have no idea what's going to happen, and that is so rare in anime yeah. these days. Uh, all right, all right. Well, good show. I thought <laughs> it was worth going a little over time just yeah. to end on a good note and on a positive note. Um. As for what we're going to talk about next episode, who knows? Uh, we'll we'll see. So, might have to dig into uh, the old backlog again. Yeah, you know, tune uh, in to find out. Yeah, on, yes, on that one. Get more of that right. uh, in-depth coverage of five-minute shorts directed by some guys at Trigger who got high <laughs> on a bunch of drugs. <laughs> oh, I thought they finished Ninja Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh... You, you guys should All watch right. Sturding Girls. <laughs> yeah. Although Ninja Slayer is like 12 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, we, 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 gotta, we can't get into Ninja Slayer, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right. So uh, to do our housekeeping. Uh, you can check us out at theglorioblog.com. Uh, you can see where we wrote about all these shows and several others that uh, the rest of the crew watched. So please go check that out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, do all that fun stuff. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. <laughs>